Well, welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's Helmet, Helmet uh, Ford and Sigourney, Iowa presents the playoff preview show. Uh, I've got a cornucopia of media members, and today we're talking with Nathan Piercy of KMCD, Fairfield, Iowa. Welcome to the program, Nathan. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, let's focus right on that Fairfield matchup that you're going to be calling Friday night. Uh, tell us who they drew in the first round, uh, what time the game is, uh, uh, we'll mention how they got to get tickets online, and uh, let's yeah. go into the matchup. Yeah, they've got uh, Kia Cook, a conference opponent, of course, in the uh, Southeastern Conference, so they're very familiar with this uh, Kia Cook Chiefs team. Uh, this will actually be the fifth time they played them, um, and and it should be a good matchup. Fairfield took three of the four meetings. Uh, if you look back earlier this year, really early on in the season, on June third, uh, they they. Played one, but that actually ended up getting rained out in the fourth. And Keokuk was already winning seven to two, and Keokuk took, took that one seven to five. But as they played later on in the season, you know they made up that that second game of the doubleheader along with two more. And Fairfield won all of those. Uh, the first one was four to one, and then in the doubleheader later on in the year on the sixteenth, Fairfield won eleven to seven and eleven to one. So they definitely got their number as the year went on. And I like Fairfield's chances. I think it looks good, but they're also in a very tough district or uh, sub-state, I should say, in uh, Class 3A. They're in Sub-State 5, which has some very, very tough opponents throughout top and bottom. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of people coming. I know uh, KTVO is going to be there. Southeast Iowa Union is going to be there. Uh, it might be the the best matchup in the first round. Uh Let's a little bit go. Over, yeah. Let's go over Fairfield season. That's the team you know the best. Uh, let's let's talk about the 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 pitching, the the fielding, and the, and the hitting. Yeah, they've got uh, they've kind of had an up and down season. They started off not too well. Uh, started the season at four and two, and really kind of rattled things off. But uh, as they've gone throughout the season, you know they've had kind of their ups and downs. Playing better as of late. Have kind of run into to some tough opponents as well, especially in this Southeastern Conference. There's a lot of good teams in this conference. We look at teams like Burlington and Fort Madison, just to name a couple. Uh, so Fairfield finished kind of in the middle of the pack of their conference as a whole, but they've kind of same thing with really their their roster as as a whole. Guys have kind of played up and down. And it's kind of been at different times, uh, just to name a couple of them. You know, I think last time we talked a few weeks ago, I was really talking high on Casey Miller. He's the freshman shortstop of this team, but his betting average has kind of fallen off below 300 at this second, really, I guess, half of the season. Uh, but So he's kind of falling off, but he's still uh, very good defensively that he can kind of make up for it. Some of the more consistent guys that you'll see, uh, Connor Lyons actually leads the team in batting average with a 346. He does have a double with 15 RBIs on the year as well. And then Nate Smithberg, you'll see either see him on the mound or at first base. He's batting 333. He's been fairly consistent all year. He does have a home run in the year and 17 RBIs. So those are a couple of guys that you that uh, you really need to keep your eye on in terms of the offensive side. Uh, another guy that's kind of a leader, he's a junior, he's Tate Allen. Uh, he's he's been a leader in pretty much every sport he's played, and he is also on the basketball and football team. They have a lot of lead, leaders, um, but also a lot of seniors, so it's going to be interesting what their future holds. But looking ahead to this postseason, uh, they've got some good pitchers. Lions is one, Smithburg is one. Uh, another guy to watch out for, actually both of them, are the Woodburn twins, Brad and Nate. 
Uh, Brad usually is a closer, kind of fill in that closer role. Or excuse me, that's actually Nate. Brad is usually a, a another starter. Uh, but they will both see time, both out of the bullpen, and possibly getting some kind of uh, what you're going to see from this team. Again, it, they've kind of had an up-and-down season, but coming off a tough loss at Muscatine to finish the year, I think they're, they're, they're going to come into this game with some fire. Well, uh, as I'm talking to the other coaches and medias, Scotty Melvin, KTVO, the Southeast Iowa Union, they're kind of wondering who's going to start this pitch, uh, start pitching for the first game. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I've really gotten anything on that from Coach Allison. I, I usually don't talk much with him pregame. I, I, I like to just let him focus on that. My guess is that it's going to be Connor Lyons. He's, he's been a really good starter for this team. Uh, if you look at his numbers, he does have a 2-4 and four record, uh, but he has, has an ERA of 441. But he has been the one that has started in a couple of those wins against Keokuk. And I think, too, that Coach Allison is going to want to save his best guy, which is Nate Smithberg, for Davenport Assumption, assuming that that's where they go. So I, I expect it to be Connor Lyons, but don't be surprised if it's Nate Smithberg. Well, let's ask you about the other teams in the, the conference as you play in, but let's talk about this Davenport Assumption team. Uh, Scotty Melvin says this is some kind of ball team. Yeah, they, they're they an impressive, uh, they're impressive team. They are second in the – they're ranked second in the coaches' poll. Uh, so that's kind of where they're sitting in terms of that. But, you know, if you look at really this this sub-state, if, if you look at it, no matter what side you're on, you're kind of scratching your head going, wow, we got a tough draw because in just this, this sub-state, on one side of it, you've got Davenport Assumption, who is 27-6. and six, and the second rate team in the state. Well, then if you go to the other side, you've got Marion, who is the, the reigning state champion. So definitely a tough draw. And when you look at this Davenport Assumption team, they don't make very many mistakes. They've combined for 47 errors on a year. So maybe about one or two per game, but that's pretty low for a, a, a high school baseball team. And they're very fundamentally sound and they are very good to play. They've got a couple of guys batting over 400, and and twelve home runs on the year. They've they've drove in two hundred and fifty nine runs. So they are a very good offensive team, and they have a team ERA of two point eight seven. So when you combine good pitching with with good hitting, they're a very 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 tough team to beat. Yeah, well, we're, we're uh, you're listening to the Helmuth Ford of Sigourney, Iowa, as they present present playoff baseball. We're talking to. Nathan Piercy at KMCD, and he's been calling games all, all the, the time. Uh, go through the sub-state that Fairfield's in. What are some of the other teams there? Yeah, so if you look at this, uh, obviously we just talked about Davenport Assumption. They'll face off against Washington, who has kind of struggled this year. Uh, we've talked about Fairfield and Keokuk. And then on the other side of the bracket, it's Marion picking on Mount Pleasant. And then Fort Madison, who I think has had a better year than what most expected. They're, they are hosting Oskaloosa. So uh, some pretty good teams in this sub-state, four of which went over 500. And it's going to be an exciting one come coming down to it over the next week or so. Well, let's all talk a little bit about that Mount Pleasant-Marion matchup. If I'm not, if I'm thinking right, I believe that this was the same matchup that uh, Mount Pleasant went up against in uh, basketball, and uh, Mount Pleasant was able to pull off a surprising uh, upset in that game. Yeah, it's, I think you're right, and 
Obviously, we were talking about two different sports, but I, I think if you're the Mount Pleasant coach, you have to maybe talk to, to those guys about some of that. Of course, some of those guys were also on the Mount Pleasant team. Just remember calling some of those names when Fairfield played them. Guys like Lincoln Hendrickson, Carter Amos, just to name a few. And, and Amos, speaking of a, of, of a guy that, that's in it all, between him and Jake Insminger, those are two juniors that have some – bright days ahead of them going into their senior year at Mount Pleasant. And again, when you talk about Marion, it's hard to mention the fact that not only are they having a good year and ranked, I believe, eighth in the state in the final poll, but they're also the reigning state champions. And that's hard to overlook come playoff time because you know that they've done it. They they have Yes, they have seniors, but they also have a lot of sophomores that you would presume was on that team last year. And so they're a very good team from top and bottom they know what they're doing and of course their coach has been there before he knows how to handle that situation so when you look at that matchup obviously and especially in a sport like baseball anything can happen on any given day but it's going to be an uphill climb for mount pleasant and you, and you have to assume too that if they do get past marion then they're going to have to have a clash with another conference opponent and fort madison who has also had a very good year well, we're talking to Nathan Piercy of KMCD, and he's kind of getting us ready for the 3A uh, playoffs that start on Friday. Now, there's a very interesting matchup with Oskaloosa uh, traveling to Fort Madison. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Oskaloosa, but I know you've seen Fort Madison, and uh, they, they had a pretty impressive season. So what are you looking for out of this game? Yeah, I, I did get the pleasure to see Oskaloosa. I believe it was uh, Fairfield's second game of the year. Uh, Fairfield was able to actually squeak out a 3-2 to two victory. I actually got to call that. It was a walk-off, and it was a very exciting game. But when you look at these two teams, when you have a team in Fort Madison, you know, Oskaloosa, yes, has, has struggled this year. They're 8-23, and 23, Fort Madison 18-8. and eight. But Oskaloosa, they, you know, they've got good pitching. They've got really good pitching at times, and all you need is that one, right? You just, if you get that one, you never know what's going to happen. I expect Cam Chris, their junior, to possibly get the start in this one, or Alice Chris. Uh, they both fit fairly well. Mount Pleasant, though, is a, or excuse me, Fort Madison is a team that when I went and called their game against Fairfield, they're very good defensively. And actually, I, I do want to point this out as well. I, I don't remember exactly who was pitching in that game. Maybe I have time to go back and look real quick. But when I was calling that game, their starting pitcher – threw a pitch that actually broke the the catcher's glove. It snapped one of the um, ties holding the webbing, and it actually broke it, which I had never seen before. By the way, that pitcher was Kane Williams. So you know he's throwing with gas, and, and he may very well get the start for Fort Madison. But overall, I mean, this team is good. They've pitched very well. They've got guys, I mean – Matt Hopper has, is a, has six wins, and he's a reliever. So at the same time, you also know this team can pull out, pull some things out in, in, in late innings, and that's always something that you want going into postseason play because you know that your team is clutch when the time comes. Well, uh, let's move over to Burlington in the 4A tournament. I know Burlington was in the 3A uh, conference there, but they, they, they didn't have any problems stepping up into 4A in basketball and going to the state tournament. Uh, they seem to, everyone talks about how they're the class of the league. I'm sure you got to see them. Yeah, I got to see them a little bit. They are definitely a, a tough team to play against as they are, they, you know, they won the conference and that's, that's not no fluke. 
this is, I believe this is a very good conference from top top to bottom. And uh, they get a, a little, I don't want to say an easy matchup, but on paper they should win it against Bettendorf. Um, actually, I've, I've got family from a little bit north of there in the Makokota area. So I, I, I'm not unfamiliar with, with Bettendorf. But, I mean, you look at this, this Burlington team. They, they've only committed 28 errors on the year when they've played 30, so that's less than an error per game. That's really good in, in terms of high school ball. And they're hitting as a team 317, so we have a team batting average of above 300. You, you know you're a tough team to get out. You're, you're a team that's going to put pressure on a defense, and that's I think that's one of the most important things that you can do, especially in high school sports. Put pressure on the other team. Make them think. And whenever you can do that, you're going to have success because they're just not up. You know, most high school players aren't up to par in the in in the thought process and the quickness in, in making those type of decisions. And if you want to highlight a player specifically for this Burlington team, Brock Dangler, he's batting 433 on the year with 33 RBIs, two home runs, three triples, and nine doubles. So he can pretty much do it all for this team. And it should be. He's also a pitcher. And if you want to look at that, but he's also just very good. He's, he's a 6-0 record with a 1.70 ERA. So that's one person to really highlight uh, for this Burlington team is that Brock Dangler. Well, all these teams are, are, are getting ready to play their first game, but uh, there's a team in your area that I'm going to have to ask you about that's making a lot of noise in two-way, and that's Van Buren County Warriors. Uh, uh, they have stomped through the, the first two rounds and dumped number one Minneapolis in their conference. Yeah, that one, I'm not going to lie. I was very surprised in the fact that Van Buren County was able to pull that one out against Minneapolis. You know, there's two teams uh, in that in that specific bracket that I covered, uh, Van Buren County, of course, and then also Cardinal. And both of those games ended up not going the way I thought. I thought Van Buren County was going to lose a close one Minneapolis. Cardinal was going to pull out. But it turns out Van Buren County was able to hold off a comeback from Mupo. Uh, you know, I do want to point out that Van Buren did have an eight to four lead going into the seventh inning, and they won it eight to seven. But uh, this team, they ha- they have some seniors that that can that can play pretty well. They've also got some juniors that that are leaders on that team. One in particular that I that I want to focus on is a junior in Jackson Manning. He's a shortstop that can also pitch, and and he plays really well. Uh, but overall, as a team, yeah, that one I'm not going to lie was a was a bit of a surprise to me. I remember waking up the next morning and, and seeing the score, and I, w- I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, they're, they are a good team. I know Minneapolis is a good team, but, yeah, Van Buren County pulling up a, a heck of a, a upset there against Minneapolis. And that's why you play those games, right? It's not just about, you know, who's better on paper. You, you play the game because you need to prove it day in and day out to be the best, and, and that's exactly what Van Buren County did. Well, we noticed uh, Van Buren County went up. I can't remember who they played, but they went up to uh, Cardinal for the first game, and, and uh, they just uh, their bats were exploding, and uh, you know, so they they caught our our eye uh, immediately in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that was against uh, West Burlington. That was one of the uh, better, possibly one of the best offensive performances from Van Buren County. Now they did beat the beat West Burlington twice this year, so maybe not as surprising as you think even though they also did lose to them so overall Van Buren County beat them three out of four times over the, the course of the season but again like you mentioned West or Van Buren County their their bats have been have been very well 
and I think that has been huge for them, considering throughout times throughout this year, their bats haven't been hitting very well. They've, they've struggled at times at the plate, but it's they're, they're hitting, they're heating up at the right time, and I'd love to see where it's possibly going. Well, uh, how can our listeners follow the playoffs through KMCD? Uh, you can follow our Facebook. It's uh, Classic 96, and K- or I believe it's KMCD and Classic 96, or that may be Swiss. I, I never remember. I post on it every day, but I can never remember. Um, but also, we do stream our FM station, which is where uh, my play-by-play broadcasts are held, and that is on exploreseiowa.com. In fact, we will have, of course, the Fairfield uh, baseball game on Friday, Fairfield softball, should they win today, which I'll have that game today, but also should they win today, we'll have that on Saturday. And every Fairfield baseball and softball playoff game will be heard on 95.9 Classic 96 as long as our stream at ExploreSCIowa.com. So that is definitely ways to uh, watch or to listen to it. Um, but, of course, you know, I, I'm never going to say this enough. Come out and watch some of these kids play Fairfield baseball. I mentioned it before, but Nate Smithberg is an, is an incredible athlete. He's going to go play baseball at, I believe, Indian Hills Community College next year. If you're interested in softball, the Fairfield softball team is Hannah Simpson, who's also going to Indian Hills, but I think could easily go to Iowa if she wanted to. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's definitely some ways that you can catch us or catch Fairfield sports and also follow the playoffs on, on our, again, on our website at exploreseiowa.com. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure. And you can also uh, listen on your radio dial at 95.9 FM. Yes. Yep. That is where I'll do the play by play and, uh, you can catch all of that, uh, right there as well. Yep. So what, what games in particular do you know that you're covering? Uh, it, I know that. In terms of play-by-play, every single game that, that Fairfield plays in both baseball and softball, uh, so like I said, today, Thursday the 7th, I'll have uh, the Fairfield softball team. Then tomorrow the 8th is Fairfield baseball. And then if Fairfield softball wins, they play on the 9th. Um, and then let's just say they keep winning. There will be baseball on the 11th, softball on the 12th, and baseball on the 13th. Okay, well, it sounds like there's plenty of opportunities. <laughs> Nathan, you've been a great guest. I want to, you know, uh, before I let you go, mention the, the umpire crisis, and you did such a big article on it. It's got so much attention. I know we've shared it on our page. Scotty Melvin talks about it passionately all the time, every time he gets near a microphone. How, how can we help out with this umpire crisis? Yeah, once again, uh, there's been a, a, a major umpire shortage, really an official shortage throughout high school sports, but uh, baseball and softball, has seen the biggest drop off when it comes to umpires. When you look at, you know, some of these things, it's over the last 12 years, the baseball umpires have dropped by 50, over 50%, just to uh, name one of the the alarming statistics, along with a lot of officials across sports are, are getting up there in age, uh, which is a concerning for the future as obviously, you know, you're going to need the, um, the younger officials that are going to come up and teach younger ones as well. If you are interested in possibly getting involved with that, you can go to the Iowa High School Athletic Association website and also the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union website. Uh, you create a free account on Dragonfly, which is their registration uh, platform. And then once you complete that, there is a small fee that you have to pay but that, then you'll have a, a, a rules meeting for whatever sport you're going into, an open book rules exam, and once you pass that, you're able to 
go, you were able to start officiating competition. I, I would assume to start you out in JV and work your way up, uh, but also just a kind of a general, you know, if you want a general idea, baseball umpires usually do one to two games a night, depending on what is needed that day. And you can expect to get usually anywhere from 75 to $150 per, per game. Uh, so that is depending on what levels and things like that. But of course, you know, like I mentioned, officials across sports, but especially in baseball and softball are in a dire situation. And again, if, if maybe you're a parent listening, I think one of the biggest reasons is that we're seeing this is the, the way parents, coaches, and, and players even are, will sometimes treat officials. We've seen social media videos of, you know, officials getting attacked and things like that. Be nice to them. They are human. They are going to make, make mistakes. They are people, too. And I think that's the main part of what needs to stop before things get better in the official side of things. Plus, and I want to point out another thing. The angle that the umpire has and the angle that you have are two different views entirely. So it yeah. could look like a, a, a pitch thing. outside to you could very well be right on the corner to him. Right. And, and you know, I think something to keep in mind, especially if you're watching younger, you know, not necessarily high school, maybe middle school or, or AAU and things like that. They're going to be a little, you know, on a especially on a strike zone. They're going to be probably a little more lenient to get those strike calls because you don't want to have a two-hour game go three innings with twenty walks. And when when you have kids that are still kind of learning to pitch, they're going to give them that leeway just a little bit. And I, I think the important thing too, and, and you know, I was a I was a umpire uh, for uh, little league when I was in high school. I think the big thing is stay consistent whenever you are being an umpire. I think that's more important than being, you know, strictly, you know, on the plate, things like that. But yeah, you're right. They've got different angles and they, plus they've been there longer. They've been doing this probably more than you've been watching the game. Uh, so that's another thing to kind of keep in mind as well. No, I've been watching games, you know, and, uh, I, I can't hardly see anything. Maybe a play here and there where I wondered maybe it was safe, maybe it was out, but I wasn't, close enough to see, you know, and I, right. I thought they yeah. did. I thought our, our Iowa umpires are outstanding. I mean, yeah, outstanding. I, I, and I've seen some, some bang bang plays uh, throughout the season that, you know, depending on who you're rooting for, you want the call to go another way and you may argue that it should go the other way. But every one of those type of plays I've seen called correctly. And it's, it's been, it's been impressive to see what some of these officials can do, especially with uh, maybe some of the angles that they could get on the play. Well, I have to say though, that, I mean, you, if you are an umpire, it's going to be rare that you're going to find a, 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 a group of fans that aren't very classy and understanding <laughs> yeah. and, and, and doing well, you know, I mean, I only remember one game I saw all year long where there was any, any chatter about the umpire and, uh, so uh, I think, you know, yep. it, it's, it, it's not going to be as bad as you think. Right. And, and, you know, I, when I'm doing play by play, if a call doesn't go that, you know, Fairfield's way, since I'm, I'm calling for them, I may do a little bit of a, you know, a tongue in cheek type of thing, but that's just all part of the job. I don't actually think the umpire is doing a bad job. That's just, you know, part of the job of being a play by play announcer. You, you do got to call them the way you see them and, Exactly. Coach yep. might have not appreciate everything you said in that interview, but he definitely appreciates that you're there and you're covering it. You know what I mean? So, right, exactly. Well, uh, this is, uh, again, Helmut Ford of Sigourney, Iowa. Uh, 
bringing you a little 3A uh, preview with a, uh, a very guy that's uh, immersed in it, Nathan uh, Piercy of KMCD. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, go Trojans. All right. We'll, uh, we'll see Friday night. Out. All right.